0: Hello and welcome to the Good Job Podcast with me, Simon Harris, the podcast where we explore the wonderful, wacky and sometimes bewildering world of work. And this is episode one, so very exciting. This week's guest is Brendan Murphy. Brendan is an actor, performer and writer who lives in London. He's performed in many parody stage shows including Potted Potter, The Crown Live and you may have heard him on the improvised podcast Battleaxe on BBC Sounds. His solo parody show Friend, the one with Gunter, which I saw and was very, very good, was a winner of Best Play at the Worldwide Comedy Awards. Brendan is currently touring in his one-man parody show, Buffy Revamped, which we discuss, among many other things, along with his love of collaboration, his journey into acting, and even some pub-based Buddhist life advice. Who doesn't need a bit of that? Uh, Just a short caveat here um, for any of you soundies out there. uh, We did uh, mention... Bit in the podcast, how we're recording in a lovely uh, wave studios, and many thanks to my friend Simon Carroll for that. Um, As it was my first podcast, I think I had some technical teething uh, problems, and I didn't actually activate Brendan's mic, so we ended up having to use the backup recording. You know, thankfully, Brendan projects his voice uh, very well as he is an actor, and we were recording in a, a very lovely quiet serene studio so i think it actually worked out all right in the end but um better quality recordings to come i should say anyway i'll be back at the end to uh, wrap it all up but here we go with episode one brendan murphy brendan murphy welcome to the good job podcast thank you very much thank you for having me um actually i saw that you did i see that you did a Podcast with Stuart Lee or something the other day? I did, yeah. Um, I have a podcast
1: called Non Censored with oh. um, a couple of comedians, uh, Rosie Holt and Ishan Akbar, and we sort of do a, a topical, satirical take on the week. Uh, and we used to have a different guest, different celebrity guest, each. Each week we've subsequently cut that feature. But you could go back and listen to our uh, interviews with lots of very funny. Is that
0: because it's like difficult to get like every week get us like a celebrity or whatever, you (sighs) know, comedian or whatever? It's it's strange.
1: We we didn't really have like a shortage because basically Rosie is uh, brilliant and Internet famous.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) saw her do. uh, What was it? She did like a spoof report on something what was it that yeah was the big one that blew up so showed it to me and i was like oh that's brendan's mate
1: yeah yeah so um uh, rosie does sort of uh these great comedy videos that are a uh, sort of social commentary kind of political stuff she has one character that is an mp who's a very sort of um bad tory mp that's right Yeah, feckless, yeah. and they tend to go viral with people sharing it because they think it's funny or people sharing it because they think it's real. real
0: yeah 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 um she was saying some ridiculous stuff like you should like i can't remember what it was but it was like you know you should you should ban what was it like it, it's it's always the the worst
1: possible take yeah um but it's it's
0: in the vein of uh, like sort of katie hopkins yeah. uh sort yeah, of yeah. level of like ma like madness which yeah. is crazy because Katie Hawkins is real and and actually says those things.
1: This is the thing. It's the satire being so close <laughs> to reality that it's kind of, indiscernible which ones which which, <laughs> which is why people find it very funny but also why people find it confusing
0: yeah 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 <clears throat> i but, think it um... might have got me uh at least halfway through that that, that one of the videos that she did it i think it got me until i was like hang on a minute, Wait a minute. <laughs> but yeah no it's very cool okay i, I shall uh, I, I have checked it out but i shall revisit uh, your podcast now there's no bloody celebrities on it because they're so annoying <sighs>
1: well we we might have, we still have lots of guests we got oh, lots okay. of different um comedians to come on it but yeah i mean one of one of the fun things about having the sort of the guest slot was that we got to we had like stuart lee uh Bhaskar, um who else we had some great people james o'brien um oh yeah wow, Mel cool. Frazzell, um natasha devon lots of different broadcasters journalists um and comedians cool
0: yeah yeah Chat. that's wicked um okay well that's uh that's sort of interesting sort of step-up point isn't it but we're interested in your your work my work what you do i know that's yeah. part of your work I, I suppose but
1: uh what brings in the big bucks
0: yeah you know how you pay the rent and um you know how you what what happens for you on a sort of day-to-day basis so if you could just describe to us what it is in, in your own words, just describe to us what it is that you do.
1: I am an actor and a writer, and I work, I think, primarily in comedy. That wasn't necessarily a choice. <laughs> it's something that was gravitated towards and um, that I love doing. Um, but yeah, it's it, ostensibly actor and a writer and I I, I work in um, largely on stage, but also a bit of voiceover and TV and film when someone is willing
0: to employ me. It gives you a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is the kind of the the, the sort of pastime of, of, of a lot of actors, isn't it, waiting for that, that phone to ring? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, or, yeah. Or email or whatever from the agent or whatever. Just any kind of contact
1: would <laughs> be lovely.
0: Just anyone, just any just schmuck anyone, saying, "Will you do my podcast?" <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you. So, so I, I was just saying, our our friends, uh, our mutual friends, uh, Chris and Emily went to see your show on. Saturday, Saturday night, yeah, yeah which uh, which you're touring at the moment. Want to t- tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, I'm doing a uh, one-man parody show called Buffy Revamped, uh, in which I retail the whole seven seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, in an hour and ten minutes, as told through the eyes of uh, that Cockney vampire Spike. Um, and it's a sort of fast-paced, loving parody... Um, it's been going down really well, uh, we did it up in Edinburgh um, last year and uh, we had some lovely response from, from the audiences there and, and you know had some critical acclaim as well, which meant that we could take it on a UK tour and then we're going to take it out to um, Adelaide Fringe over March um, and then hopefully some international touring after that. So wicked Yeah,
0: that's really cool, man. I think, you know, I think from the out, it might be difficult from the inside, but from the outside, you know, anyone would say, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. And I think people would, you know, if you're looking at Brendan Murphy and what he's done to get to that point, that's I'd say that's pretty successful, you know. Yeah. And, and I think if you're an actor or if you're just somebody who doesn't isn't quite sure what you want to do with your life, whether you want to tread the boards or Maybe you want to get into the creative industry somehow um, and you're interested in that, you know, you'd think, well, that's if you if I could get to there, then that would be that'd be all right.
1: Definitely. It's um, it's I mean, everything's relative. So there's um, and I, th- I think we have a, a habit. Well, I certainly have a habit and I think it's probably common within the creative world within the creative sector to um, <clears throat> not be able to uh settle to find it hard to be um content and that is partly something that gives you power and means like you you get up every morning think right what am I going to do next to sort of further my career to better myself to sort of mean that I'm progressing but it can also mean that you um you don't always uh, recognize what you have achieved. So it's useful to look back and think, "Oh wow, I wasn't doing this five years ago," and then look at the steps that sort of led you there.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, it must that especially in industry like yours, where you're you haven't been in a job for ten years and you've moved up the ladder, and you're like you know, oh, and I was earning this when I started and I'm earning this now. And yeah, and I was called this then. And now I'm called da, 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 executive, da, da, da. you know, it's like you have to, I guess, sort of map it somehow, don't you? And and to that point, I guess uh, the first kind of the first of our questions, um, Good Job Podcast, like, how did you get into it? You know, what, when did you decide you, this is what you wanted to do? If you yeah. ever did, what were the kind of like initial steps and how did you get to this point?
1: Um... I think it did, like, the the joy of performing is something that started very young. I think it probably does for a lot of kids when I was like about, I don't know, I was probably like six or seven or something like that. I know I, I liked um, <clears throat> putting on little shows for my aunties and uncles, mum and dad, brothers and stuff. Um, we had a Paul Daniels magic set. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so i I'd put on little shows and there was a dressing up box that um, I loved so there was something of the little show off in me um ever since I was small and then you know this my parents uh, were both teachers and they encouraged me and my brothers to be creative and uh, to perform in whatever way that we wish They made sure that we all um, had access to um, like musical, lessons sure if we wanted them so yeah yeah yeah
0: my brothers, so they encouraged like creativity <clears throat> yeah you know it wasn't like oh god he's doing another play or whatever it's just like oh brilliant he's doing another play
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah they they're like <laughs> just completely uh my biggest fans from the off so they're, they're entirely to blame for the fact <laughs> that i <laughs> went into um the entertainment world um and then I got, I'd done some, uh, you know, school plays and I, that they did these open auditions. I grew up in Birmingham and um, uh, Oliver, the musical, was opening at one of our theatres, the Alexandra Theatre, and they were auditioning for just like local kids to play the, um, I suppose, the, the roles of fagan's gang yeah the workhouse Is that, boys. would you call
0: that the chorus
1: yeah pretty much okay yeah so there was um i think they needed something like 25 kids <laughs> but i think they needed two different sets of them so there was maybe 50 right 50 roles okay for kids of about 10 or 11 years old wow okay um and i i was 11 i just started secondary school secondary school and um yeah, my mum took me to the audition and we got through and it was the first sort of proper professional audition I'd been in and I, I got the role and I spent like two months going uh, through like rehearsals and then leave, I have got special sort of allowance to leave school early and my mum would pick awesome. me up and drive me <laughs> to the theatre and yeah. it was amazing, it was my first like professional role and, yeah. um, and then when it finished, it was also my first experience of uh, post-show blues. Oh, and I, really? was so, I was so sad. Oh. I remember just cause this amazing experience, um, I'd had an, uh, and yeah. then I didn't work again until I was <laughs> about 21. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It gave me uh, a taste of, um, of professional acting work. And then there were lots of other steps in between.
0: I mean, you Um, went to, because the first time I met you, you were at university, right? uh, Yeah, I went
1: to drama school um, uh, in in London. I moved down to London um, to study acting. Um, And yeah, that's a big sort of part of the process. There was, um, well, there were a couple of other sort of teachers at, secondary school that encouraged me okay um and then yeah i went to drama school three years of that and then you sort of come out and it's like mm, good luck
0: yeah okay so that must be quite difficult because you're just like what how many how many have you graduated from i don't know what, oh yeah like... it's it's
1: like th- 30 people a year but then there's... and then there's
0: how many drama schools over the con- across the country or there's... across london for you know and then yeah there you're all like going to get your headshots done I suppose and
1: it's horrible <laughs> it, I think there's like the so the NCDT I don't know if they're still called that but that was like the National Council of Drama Training okay so they're the, like the accredited body of drama schools sure and they've got I don't know like 25 25 different drama schools there each one has about 25 people in or 30 people or yeah some of them have less um I think Bristol accepts like 12 people a year okay um and like within those 25 drama schools you'll still have the you know you've got rada and lambda and the ones that people that have
0: the,
1: the drama schools that people will have heard of yeah yeah, yeah. prestigious yeah conservatoire <laughs> sort of um full of
0: actors yeah yeah which are very good which are um there's are a I reason pens- that they are hurt That people have yeah. heard of them, right
1: yeah i think um i think so it, but that's still a lot of young actors coming out every year yeah and it's not like the the other actors have died yet <laughs> some of them have the old ones but yeah yeah um for a while
0: so what was your first job out out of university when you're like on your own you're sort of uh you know Paying the rent, and you're like, right, yeah. I'm an actor, you know. Um, you? I mean, I don't say my first acting job. Yeah, I was gonna say first... no, no, your first acting job because okay. presumably you were like working a bar as well or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Thank God for bars.
1: <laughs> well, I was I was actually working uh, in another ab alcohol associated um, <laughs> vendor. Uh, I was working in, in a wine shop, just selling wine. Right. Right. Um, but my first, my. first First, uh, acting job I think was um, an advert for um, a, a now defunct product it's called Heinz Spread and Bake. <laughs> oh, nice! <clears throat> so it was this this um, uh, like a kind of sauce that you the idea was that you spread it on your chicken, and then you put your chicken in the oven and then it's your chicken tastes great it tastes great right. so within a couple of months of the advert coming out <laughs> i found it in the reduced aisle <laughs> <laughs> come on it that's was, not yeah that's not
0: your fault though, well I, I don't I, think you
1: could blame me it doesn't entirely.
0: sound like you know it sounds like the brainchild of somebody who's trying to step up in the marketing yeah, department yeah yeah
1: yeah and it just it was they can't all
0: be hits yeah it was him or her and somebody from the r d you know department and they were like right we're gonna do this this that was pro- great this product's gonna save chicken <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um yeah adverts
0: really um really helped me I think I mean they pay they pay all right don't they
1: they pay great yeah um especially when you're just like first out of drama school and you're like I just need some cash yeah man. because money is such a leash and uh, when you haven't got it you don't have any freedom mm. you don't have any like you can't take taking time off work to go to auditions felt stressful yeah and then once you've you know you do a, a couple of days work on an advert you might have like four or five grand you might get upwards of ten grand you know which suddenly Whoa, that, that sh- rich, it doesn't change your you know your life long term but it certainly changes it short term yeah you you can take today's days off you can work one fewer day a week,
0: um, you might be able to do that short film that your that your mates making, oh. or that play that or whatever that your other mates doing, or something. absolutely,
1: and that's the vital stuff to get experience to make the contacts, even if they they are like just already friends. Um, that's and it, you're also telling yourself, this is my job, I'm an actor now because you're spending more time doing it rather. It's very hard to keep on telling yourself that you're an actor and telling people that you're an actor
0: yeah.
1: <clears throat> when actually you're spending 75% of your working life. In a wine shop. Selling wine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so keep keep busy, I guess, you know? I guess yeah. that, that's the, the, whether you're getting paid or not, it's really important to keep busy. Yeah. And then when you do get the jobs that pay all right, it's easier to keep busy. And speculate on things. Yeah, definitely. So when did you so so when did you first go to, to Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe? Um,
1: Edinburgh Fringe uh, was twenty eleven. My 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 first one.
0: So I did you perform at your first one? Or <clears throat> yeah. Did you, did you? So that was the first time you'd ever been, and you performed.
1: Yes, I had wanted to go for a while. I remember going to drama school and. My friend Hamish, who I've now subsequently worked with a lot as well, he's um, Hamish McDougall, uh, actor, writer, director. Um,
0: He was. I think uh, I met Hamish, right? Yeah. Did he live in that house that you lived in with Chris?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, he, I remember, always knew a lot more about the theatre than I did. Um, and he was always going to Edinburgh fringe and I always thought, Oh, that'd be cool to do. And then there's a show called news review, which is a topical satirical live stage review show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So songs and sketches about the news. And, uh, I did that and they, every year they take their show, which runs every week in London and take it up to Edinburgh and, uh, yeah it was brilliant it was just a uh, first look at an, an an experience of um the fringe which is a really fun really brilliant sort of um a gateway to performing i think it certainly if you're in your late teens early 20s Brilliant for comedy, brilliant for new writing.
0: So, Um, what's it? uh, For those of us who haven't been, what's it like? What's the setup? I mean, I'm imagining a cool city, Edinburgh, Mm. with lots of venues, and each venue's got a kind of uh, a a, a list of of headliners or whatever, and, and and a rundown of what they've got in in a week is it or two weeks yeah it's
1: what it goes on for a whole month okay right so the whole of august um and there's venues all across all across edinburgh um but then even places that aren't venues so you've got cafes bars um bookshops like really absolutely anything that has a little space they'll clear away maybe put up a little curtain they'll still operate as a business but they'll have acts on performing um and it's all very low budget largely but um it'll be a microphone a light being shone yeah and then you can go and watch stand-up comedy poetry um live acoustic acts um and then on the other end of the scale you've got um more professional sort of theatrical setups where you can see full plays and um yeah comedy shows and 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 all all sorts of things like that but yeah it runs for um for the whole month it's the largest arts festival in the world it's thousands of acts every year um it gets really busy and there are issues it's, it's quite expensive now certainly oh, really yeah there's there's a lot of chat at the moment about how it's become prohibitively expensive to for, perform
0: or for people to well, go to for both uh performers and what well, could because it's it costs a lot of money like the, the, the property the the renting yeah or, or, or hotels or whatever
1: absolutely right it's it's i still think i still
0: think it's worthwhile
1: um Effectively, you've got like you, you've got to cover your rent for a month. So right. when you're a kid <clears> and you're just like bright eyed and determined to get up there and do something, you don't mind like splitting rents on a room and like living with a few friends in the same room because you well what you get a bed yeah a couple of you on the floor <clears throat> you're out all day anyway and then you're out all evening drinking yeah so. Really, you can. It's not too bad. Yeah, roughing it for a for a month, but with your friends
0: feels um, exciting. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, But ten years later, when you've been doing it every year and you're like really trying to make your career work, yeah, must be a little bit difficult. Basic protections. Yeah, like
1: (laughs) also, it's crazy because the Edinburgh rents costs usually like double what you're paying for in London certainly if you really? a lot of people are coming up from London um and it's not like unless you're subletting your room in London you, you're paying like sort of three times your normal wow monthly rent and you're not necessarily making three times your yeah monthly earnings um and so for the,
0: for an industry which is which has is traditionally full of people as you just said who are also working in wine shops yeah. to supplement their rent. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's not ideal really, is it, I suppose? No,
1: I, I feel like um for anyone that hasn't gone before, I'd say definitely go if you can. There's lots of ways that you can get around it. If you're going up as a visitor, you can even camp. If you're just going up as I'm just gonna weekends. say
0: camping in August must be alright yeah yeah
1: well, it's hit and miss it's you know yeah but it's the uk but... yeah yeah yeah
0: but i suppose you know if, if you if you if you're determined to get there and yeah do your little show that you've been making or go and see and get some inspiration you know
1: definitely if you've got friends up there then ask if you can crash on a sofa if you can crash on the floor um there's hostels there's lots of different ways you can get up there and make it work and once you're up there um shows largely um, some of them co- will cost, you know, I mean, you can go to the proper, like, the, the Traverse, which is a year-round theatre, and, you know, you'd be paying normal theatre prices, maybe about £20, £25. Pounds. Sure. Um, but, largely, um, it's about £10, £15 pounds to see a show. There's also the free fringe, in which you go along, you don't have to pay anything, you just pay on the way out.
0: Okay, right. Um, That's cool.
1: And it's in- you're encouraged to give five ten pounds but yeah 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 if even if you don't pay or if you put in a couple of pounds that's still yeah okay
0: yeah 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 cool cool so you you went up there and you've been up back every year since pretty pretty
1: much every with, year Yeah. with
0: different shows i mean i remember my mum because my mum's been with with my auntie they went and saw uh because they were going i was like right you must go see brendan ah. <laughs> in uh what was it
1: was it a bag man or? No, I or...
0: no. It was uh, you were you were like a couple of crooners.
1: Ah, the crooners. It was yeah. called the crooners. Was the it crooners, okay? Yeah.
0: yeah, I didn't see it. But uh, my mum and my auntie were very impressed and they thought it was awesome. Oh yeah. But Every year you've you've what you've written, you've written a show and you've taken it there or you've 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 done it was it's a show that you've been doing anyway and you take it up there. Or yeah, how does it work? I mean, how does that work? you like writing a show. I mean I've seen your I saw Bagman, I saw um Friend. Yeah. They're your so they're both one man shows, right? Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. you Friend is great because uh Friend is like a like your you were talking about with uh Buffy revamped. It's a, it's a sort of one man show that takes you through the whole of Friends. Every pretty, what is it? What's the tagline? Every episode in an hour or something? Um,
1: yeah. Uh, one man, 10 seasons, one hour, something like that. I yeah, exactly. So
0: if you're a fan of Friends, you know, it's, it's great, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it's, a, it's a real, like, it's pretty straight up parody and it's like brilliant, you know, and it's, it was really funny. Yeah, um, no, it's great. I really enjoyed it. And I, I can't wait to see uh, Buffy revamped. Um, but, you know, how the hell do you do that? Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> do well, you go, do you go, you must have the idea. You go Right. I'm going to do something to do with friends or. Yeah. Or, and then you sit down and you write to, you, you know, how, because it's like it's not a script. It's not like a traditional script where it's like this person meets this person. And there, you know, this is a kind of story you have to follow. It's like, right, I'm going to parody this. How the hell do you start doing that? <laughs> well, there's I
1: mean, there's a few different sort of steps, I think. At first, I went up to Edinburgh performing in other people's shows. I mean, in News Review, I did do I did write sketches and songs that ended up in the show. And that's that's a great um, confidence builder because you think, oh, wow, I, I can do stuff. And then you get to see it on stage and perform it on stage and get a reaction. And that that builds confidence in yourself as a writer um especially because i came from more of like a performing background i'd also done a lot of um uh, improvisation so going out on stage without a script and thinking oh actually i can
0: make things up right this. i've seen you in battle acts yeah right which is uh, sort of reminded me of um kind of a bit like whose line is it anyway maybe absolutely and you've got um, like little form comedy short form yeah. uh, improvisational comedy where you've kind of you play little games and you have to yeah. get you have to get round the problem or whatever it is. Yes. So that helped then because you, you, you had a feeling for where, where something could go.
1: I think so, definitely. And um, th- these sort of provided shows for me to go up there and get more sort of stage time and feel more confident yeah. on the stage and understand how the fringe worked. And then um, when it came to writing, I think I had some ideas for characters so i did a character comedy show i also by this point knew a few people that were doing stand up or character comedy and i sort of was a bit more experienced in how those kind of shows worked um, and then the whole parody world um, came about through another show that i've been cast in as an actor um, potted potter which is oh yes. a similar similar concept except for it's a two person show um, and we do the whole of the... All, all seven Harry Potter books um, in just over an hour. Um, <laughs> which was great fun and a, a huge inspiration for me. Um, and was
0: that something you wrote as well? No, no, that oh, I see.
1: Um, was... Um, Dan Clarkson and Jeff Turner wrote uh, that. Right,
0: right. But you were in it. Yes. I remember you saying you, you took it around America or you, you did it You did yeah, it in the US. Yeah. Right. It
1: had been running, so they wrote it about... Um, I think it's like 15 or 20 years ago right it was like while the books no it must have been 15 years ago it was while the books were still coming out so the last couple of books were coming out um and they'd been touring this for i don't know like eight years or so and then they'd recast and got some other people in to do it um i joined and did some u.s touring with with it which was loads of fun um but that's what led me to sort of writing uh, my own parody stuff. I thought, oh, okay, I, you know, I kind of know how this works. Sure. I have some ideas.
0: You got a good feeling for
1: it. Yeah. So yeah. then, um, but the, the Fringe itself is just this wonderful place for experimentation. So, like you were talking about, The Crooners uh, was a musical comedy that I did with my friend uh, Kyle. And uh, it was just this wonderful opportunity. We, we both love uh, The Rat Pack and um had this great idea for like these two low rents um alternative wannabe rat pack guys um doing their own musical comedy so we could just work that up you know do some gigs in london take it up to edinburgh do a full month of performing and then that was it you know that was it was and then the next year you think okay what am i going to do next time
0: yeah you know, yeah
1: just yeah any any sort of idea you have that's you've, great isn't you've got it A deadline yeah the the year yeah that's really
0: good it. that's really good isn't it because that as, as uh, you know you know as a creative um it's it is dreadful the waste of kind of ideas isn't yeah. it you know because you're like well I could do this and I could do that and I've got this idea and like uh, it's almost like choice just, anxiety yeah and it just know? sort of fitters fit out into nothing but if you're like right I'm doing Edinburgh you you've got other guys that are doing Edinburgh and you've got right we've got to take got to take something there right and yeah. what do you do do you book it you book a theatre and you say right booked it now we got to put something in there or or do yeah. you do you have to pitch them the idea it's... or i guess you get a bit of rep uh, sort of a bit of cred because you've done a few shows already
1: there's I think there is definitely a process. It, it effectively, you work up a pitch. <clears throat> so you don't always need to know exactly what you're doing. Certainly if you're doing stand yeah, you say, hi, this is me. If you're doing the free fringe, which I would definitely recommend to anyone that was thinking about doing it like performing the first time, um, it's uh, lower risk. For example, you only pay about a hundred pounds and that books your slot in a venue for the whole month right um well, will they
0: want to see like say you're doing so you, do they want to see like a bit of a video of you doing what it is you're going to do if, if do you...
1: you've got a video of you doing something then that's great it gives them reassurance because they're still programming um but you know the, the, the first time you go up there you won't necessarily have anything
0: they're pretty open to just to letting you have a go if... yeah Yeah.
1: Like the more prepared you can be, the better, the more likely you are of getting a good slot in a good venue. Right. Um, Because the timing does matter. I mean, there's performances going on from pretty much 9 a.m. until 4 a.m. Right. So you if you don't want that 4 a.m. slot
0: or the 9 a.m., presumably. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's uh, they're quite good at um, catering towards or matching the show with the right sort of slot. Sure. Okay. So if you're doing a kids' show, something that's aimed at... Them, yeah. Then, yes, an earlier morning slot yeah, would yeah, be perfect yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, you need to get a pitch down. Applications go off. Um, I think, basically, you should figure out whether you want to go, whether you want to do a show by sort of January, really. Applications, the early bird deadline for the Fringe is, like, March. Um, you want to sort of be trialling it really well the great thing is you've got the vault festival which runs um sort of uh, over february and march in london if you're london centric type person yeah yeah um but that's that's in february march then you've got um the brighton fringe which is in may you've got the leicester comedy festival which if you're a stand-up uh i think that's mm, april march april sort of Right. Time. so there's a few little things that you could do yeah 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 there sure before doing the edinburgh fringe and the edinburgh fringe does run for a month but you could just do a week
0: yeah sure do,
1: it doesn't have to be the full yeah yeah
0: full yeah work. yeah cool i mean i'm definitely gonna go i'm not gonna take a show or anything <laughs> I don't, it sounds, yeah. sounds like a bit too much work to to, to go back and start again now but <laughs>
1: uh, yeah well, who knows You like i think it's definitely worth going up yeah it's just such it's such a fun time
0: yeah yeah i I've been meaning to go for ages actually so uh so yeah so the, there's the friend and then that friend was your last show, and then you kind of off the i guess I'm guessing off the back of that you've gone right i love buffy let's do buffy yes yeah so did, i'm just i'm still quite interested in how you the sort of mechanisms to how you actually write that that show yeah. you know um do you presume you have to literally write things down you know i'm I'm imagining a kind of uh a sort of like really integrated powerpoint or something just because it's quite it's very visual your show as well isn't yeah, it yeah i remember in friend there was a lot of like wig changing and costume changes like on set and yeah. sort of running off and running on and you know phone calls and uh you know i mean ha- uh i just i just can't imagine that that stuff being written down on a piece of paper because it's so <laughs> you bring it to life so much you know it's so like in the moment um, and and I guess to see it written down would be like you're sort of like looking behind the curtain a bit and going oh right it's just words you know where it, it doesn't feel like words when you're doing it it feels very much like uh, it feels a bit like your improv stuff actually you know it's very alive and in the moment and, and yeah. quite exciting so how do you like how do you put all those pieces together
1: well I think there's first of all there's a um, there's a uh, definitely a big difference between writing for yourself and writing for someone else so obviously it all starts with ideas and um, parody is uh, qu- quite a, maybe a slightly simpler um, format to draw or a template to draw up because you start with the original material so you've got the sort of source material you think okay for in, in my example um you know say buffy oh i i have the idea of retelling the whole of buffy on stage in an absurdly short amount of time <laughs>
0: i know that i'm going to do it
1: through the point of view of spike who's a great character i just th- that's
0: already funny i don't know <clears throat> why i just think yeah. that's funny you, you've set a
1: preposterous or... task yeah how is he going to achieve that um and so I, I'd start by doing the sort of the rewatch, and then writing any notes, and seeing what's what's going to be different. I don't just want to retell the story as it was told, because otherwise it'll just like so they've already done that. Yeah, they've done it really well. Yeah, I'm going to do a worse version if I try and just retell it. So I want to do something slightly different. Retell it from sure. the perspective of 2023. What's changed? Does it still hold up the uh, 90s okay. stuff? Yeah. Um, also this is a fresh perspective it's a a different sort of view of um of how that story played out but really you, you can apply that to um to sort of anything if you've got a character what's the story they want to tell and it is yeah tapping down your ideas it's hard to do them justice on paper um which is why when i do come to rehearsals i'll have the script but i'll also be it, in my brain I'll have a version of it of how it works out and I, it, you have to try and sort of but do you I mean parts. you're
0: you're the writer performer and director I mean you direct it yourself do no because you, you must need somebody there to, I, to to sort of bounce it off
1: yeah I, well I work with a director so Hamish directs okay um, so I've been very lucky to work with Hamish for the last sort of five years um, yeah maybe a bit longer actually but um, I think it's essential to have someone else you can bounce ideas off it's like it's the most important thing I think I could uh, a- advise in whatever kind of um, performance you're intending to do whether it's stand-up or sketch or yeah or, or you know any kind of certainly any any solo endeavor it's good to have someone else that can um, advise and help you script edit, give you honest feedback, tell you what's funny, help you with your physicality, whatever it is.
0: Right, and... because you're you're rehearsing on a stage or even in a room or whatever, mm. something which is mimicking a stage. You can't see. Presumably, he can see from the audience's perspective, and it must be yeah. really difficult for you to to see that, right? Because when you move over to that side and pick up that prop, it doesn't look the same as when as what he sees and what we see. Right. Yeah. And that must be, you know, even if it if, if he's like, right. Walks sort or of one meter less over there and pick it up slower. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it must be really important for, for people to have somebody to, te- to, to 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 feedback on the kind of like mechanics of what it looks like
1: yeah it, it can be anything as simple as as the blocking which is you know the yeah. movement around the stage or the script itself you know if you have an idea for a joke and you, you have a bit and you work up this and you're like you've got five minutes of material and you think this is great um more often than not i i find that you know having a director having someone like hamish to say uh oh that's great but we got the joke sort of two minutes in and that's the best material and then you it's these sort of harsh truths that you go like oh i don't have five minutes of material i have one minute right and it's good that's fine you've learned something yeah 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 the show will be better because of it
0: yeah because you otherwise you would have just done it and then you'd find out after your first show because
1: you don't even necessarily need to be um like to work within the creative arts you instinctively know things as an audience yeah you go there and you're enjoying yourself and then you go oh yeah i've stopped i I find this less funny than the yeah the bit before and that's that's in comedy but also in drama yeah i think there's times when you're engaged and connected and other times when you're just like oh it sort of lost me a bit
0: i was going to say actually that uh, interests me because you hear stand-up comedians talk about this where they you know, like Stuart Lee, for example, we we've we mentioned him earlier. And he I went to spin to see his show at um, the Les Square Theatre. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. says that he does like because he, he, he does so many. He does like warm up shows, isn't he? And they're not yeah. builders as the, the show. And then he does the show and then he takes it on tour because he says it is still working it out, working it out, working mm-hmm. it out. And w- he can hit feel the room where the funny bits are. And he sort of like he's he's still working it. Is it the same for you? Like, is it or is it quite? finish by the time you go onto the stage
1: well i i think it, it will. first of all there's like stuart lee's an old school stand-up yeah sure um, he does craft very particular conceptual shows um, there's a kind of tried and tested format for stand-up comedians which is that they'll do like you work on a type five which is like five minutes of material and you just hone it you go out there and you hear the response from the audience and then you go, ah, that bit dips there, I'm gonna cut that, or I'm gonna, you know, that works really well, I'm gonna extrapolate, I'm gonna sort of make that bigger and longer. And that particularly works for stand-ups because they might have um, a variety of different sort of subjects that they're covering. Um, I personally prefer to work closer to like a theatrical model, which is write it, workshop it, um maybe do a couple of preview shows but it'll still be roughly like maybe I've got 45 minutes or an hour worth of material try it out then take it back into the rehearsal room try it out again but I'd only really do maybe a handful of previews before I'd sort of locked in the show yeah now once the show's kind of locked in there's still room for development there might be little ad-lib bits I do quite a bit of improvisation um because i enjoy it and i think the show sort of benefits from that style sure, yeah yeah but um yeah it's it's far more i think it's far closer to a theatrical rehearsal process rather than a stand-up one in which they're sort of yeah developing it through over the course of the the um i don't know the life of the show
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah that's that is interesting actually because it i think it um it, people will have different you know if people are thinking about wanting to be a performer and they're not sure and they because people think about stand up don't they mm. you know do they want to be in a play written by somebody else you know i think people's brains do go in different directions somebody might find it more comforting to be in something which is a bit more locked in yeah other people might want to kind of like um be a bit more loose about it yeah you know? completely yeah
1: it's it's absolutely just down to what Sort what sort of thing you want to do, and just because you do one doesn't mean you can't do the other, yeah. Like, there's loads of great comedians that turn out to be brilliant actors, and, and um, and uh, vice versa. It's like you know, there's no reason why you have to lock yourself into one,
0: yeah, totally. Okay, so I, I jotted down a few questions which, oh, yes. which I um, uh, I was gonna ho- hoping to sort of do to everyone, um, to ask everyone, okay, just really simple, um. Two things. What is it that you most love about your job, and what is it that you most dislike about your job? Um,
1: the thing that I love most <clears throat> about my job. Um, well, I think you know that the simple answer would be the claps at the end. <laughs> oh Good answer. No, it's like crap great answer oh don't tease me
0: <laughs> no i love the claps um but that's what i mean that's that is going back to the beginning and you saying about wanting to perform for your your, your mum and dad and aunties <laughs> and uncles right i mean that's the same it's presumably the same thing right you do the performance please and... like me please <laughs> i need your validation surely it's more than that though i mean now, of like, course it is no I do mean, you know what i mean, mean it, it's just like you did a whole um, it's like you play a football match or something or you've done a thing you've done a whole thing yeah. and everyone's like well done you did it like there, no, thanks there, for like entertaining us you there know? is
1: definitely something in um the need for validation and um th- that outcry of like well done you did a thing I like to think that that's not the actual favorite thing, most important thing about it for me. For me, the, like the
0: the lifestyle. But that's the end. That's the that the reason it's so great is because that's that's the end of it. Yeah, you know? oh, I don't not have to do it anymore. Well, kind of, um... but also like you made it through. You know, yeah, you yeah, made yeah, yeah, it yeah, through, yeah. and and like that's
1: it's a release of energy. Yeah. that the audience. Um, want yeah. to do because they've been sat there bloody watching you do your crap for a while <laughs> and it's the end for you go oh good i can breathe yeah um that is a fun bit i think if i was going to answer sensibly that, mm. um the thing i love most about the job is probably um the playfulness the creativity the fact that um when it's going well you get to make things from scratch and that's, like you can do anything when i grew when i was growing up i didn't necessarily want to be an actor what i really wanted to be when i was very young was like a wizard <laughs> i wanted to be a jedi i wanted to be yeah. all of i wanted to be a, you know, a pirate, all of these different things and i figured out what do all of these jobs have in common they're all every single jedi that's ever existed has been played by an actor <laughs> i was like Fuck, man that's that's what i have to do yeah and and you really do get to just build these worlds and and with that again when when you sort of are making enough money to live off it mm. um it gives you great freedom to like do different things every day you can go like oh, i'm gonna i've got an idea for a sitcom i'm gonna write that today meet up with a friend do a podcast like this it's brilliant yeah, it's, it's creativity great. it's just conversation but it's
0: yeah, it's kind of rewarding and nourishing that's great that's a really good answer and I think that's you know that I think that would, would be shared by a lot of people wouldn't it you know because yeah. uh,
1: it's freedom I think which is key and you get that in creativity but you also get that in what well, I was talking about the leash that money can be at times when you're like oh I have enough money to like I'm not fearful, yeah, that I won't be able to pay my rent. You, you, you have a freedom to, yeah, to play, because, tinker around because around it's the risk,
0: things. your your risk. You know, your chance you took is yeah. is is paid off to some degree, right? Because, because it you you know, and fair you know, fair play. Mo- most people or a lot of people, they get a job that that pays all right, and then you, you make your way up, and you've got that security, haven't you? You've got the yeah. job. Um but when you're freelance or I mean I, I suppose when you're first starting out as actually not even freelance are you? You're just um Well you're working in a wine shop and you're getting whatever you whatever you can do. But but uh yeah. that that step you take is a risk, isn't it? Yeah. Because you don't know what the hell you, the phone may never ring, you know. Absolutely. A, and and when you actually like you said, when you you but the reason you do it is because you want that freedom and you want that ability to be able to kind of mold and craft your own life to a certain degree yeah and do cool stuff yeah and make cool stuff from scratch and that gives you the freedom to do that so when it does pay off and uh you can you know if your bar is just be able to pay your rent which you know yeah should be shouldn't it um then you know you feel great because you're like right I'm, i took that step and it was a risk and I've paid the rent, so it's paid off. Uh, and I managed to do my mate's podcast and I yeah, did yeah, a little yeah. show and then I did a big show and it's, then it's I was... so
1: fun. And, but the, the things like <coughs> this and they, they feel like... Um, they they can feel as big or small as you want them to be. And it comes back to like what we were talking about earlier, I think, about um, success being relative and it being hard to be content something like this just this conversation that we're having we've got these microphones here we're in a proper recording studio this is so cool this could be the little tentpole in in a month if i wasn't working oh at least i've got that podcast that's going to be so cool this is performative this is and then it'll be out there in the world yeah totally that that's something really cool um and you you can really live off that that gives you the buzz that will sustain you as a creative for a little while.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and I think maybe I should have started with this, with the other one, because that's, that's a really nice place to end. So we'll have to find another positive that's to end fine. on after yeah, this. No, 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 no. Uh, what is it you most dislike about your oh, job? Oh yeah, let's end on the real. No. Um, <clears throat> I mean... Because it must be hard, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's like, you're an insanely positive guy, you know, And and you are like and you've done I think you've done pretty well and and I I love all the shows I've ever seen you in you know bring bring joy to the world but there must be times when you're when you're like it's it's hard or there must have been you must have gone through moments which are which have been difficult I don't
1: I don't know how much of this is just um, the uh, life of a creative or whether it's just the life of a human the human experience. But it can feel very um, like solo, it can feel very lonely at times that you are certainly as a performer your your own brand. and there's frustrations with not being as successful as you'd like to be, not having the opportunities that perhaps you'd like to pursue. Um, it feels like there's a lot of gatekeepers. And when you don't know anyone, when you don't have a link to um, whatever it is you want to do, whether it's like film or TV, you're like, oh, well, how do I I I need to get that audition? Or if you don't have an agent, how do I get an agent? Um, Everything feels very laborious and it feels very cut off.
0: Right. And it's very. You easy. have to do that to do, you think yeah. you have to do that to do that, to get there, to get that, to get onto there.
1: Especially when it's a world that is so much about who you know, having access. And you look at the rife nepotism and you go like, oh, well, of course they fucking got the job because their <laughs> uncle was the bloody <laughs> producer. Or because they were born into money and it's very easy to get bitter about yeah. things like that
0: um it's not gonna help though is it I mean
1: no it doesn't help unless you use it as a uh, motivating force and you go like well yeah I don't know the people yeah but I do know some people who are really cool who I really rate so I'm gonna start a podcast with them or (laughs) I'm gonna write a a little comedy set and I'm gonna get my I don't know
0: Steven Spielberg by the way I'm not
1: (laughs) no but but this is the thing you do have your friend that has maybe no experience in yeah. in filmmaking but, you, but they can hold they filmed you at, on a night out right so you go like I've written this funny little skip skit um sketch would you mind just holding the camera while I do this bit yeah upload it to TikTok. yeah whatever get 20 views get 100 views just keep on doing it putting stuff out there yeah, so there yeah, is yeah. always a positive to come from this but I think the um that's probably one of the frustrations is never and and it does come back to this sort of contentment never necessarily being quite whole <laughs> never been quite full
0: yeah but that, that it.
1: again it can be a positive it can be a negative but
0: when is i mean like you said it's is it the human experience more than just being a performer and actor you know like mm. when
1: when will i be complete yeah yeah <laughs>
0: when I have my yacht in the Caribbean well
1: yeah and this is where it gets you need to embrace a more sort of Buddhist sort of yeah you, well I need to cease to want if, if I get all of the trappings of wealth and success will I be happy yeah
0: exactly or could I
1: be it what is it to um, <coughs> you don't want to have the things you want you want to want the things you
0: have oh that's lovely I like that you That's know? nice. Um, so you're in the middle of your your uh, revamp tour Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So You're about a third of the way through, is that correct?
1: um, No, well, they just keep on adding dates. Oh, right. That's brilliant. So we've done three weeks of touring. And um, I'm going to do, we've got a couple more weeks, UK tour. Then we take it to uh, Adelaide Fringe for a few weeks over March. Oh, yeah. And then there's more touring up until... Uh,
0: sort of middle of June cool so that's your kind of summer up up until the summer kind of uh, booked up yeah busy, yeah, yeah busy boy
1: busy little bee <laughs> that's good though isn't <laughs> it
0: I mean that's the other thing you know when you as you were saying about it's good to have like if this podcast was the only thing in the month at least you've got that to look forward to or whatever yeah you know and then you keep Giving yourself things to look to do and to look forward to. Eventually, you've got half a year booked up. I think that's, and you, and that's and completely it, and that's great, isn't it? That's the thing. That's the kind of what is it? That's the, where do you where do you would you want to be? Like on on your yacht in the Caribbean with bank bank full of millions of pounds and dollars, looking for like the next big movie, or actually, do you want to be sitting? with your mate in a studio doing a podcast yeah. with half a year of, of work we, we ahead could, of you. We could do the
1: podcast on a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. That would be also a, a possibility. That would be nice.
0: Yeah, that would be <laughs> but, nice.
1: But because the default... be, We'd have
0: to have another one booked in, otherwise we wouldn't be feel fulfilled. Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And then, like, you know, we'd want to be on the moon, you know? And there's, like, where's the end to it? Um,
1: there is... Um... Oh, I forget the. the, uh, the I'm going to misquote someone, but there's there's a, a theory that one of my friends keeps on uh, telling me that the um, the uh, trick, the the answer to to happiness is to be um, doing something you're enjoying with something to look forward to. So being at the pub with your friends, but to know that you've got a sandwich in the fridge at home when you get
0: back yeah so
1: so you're like you're having a good time totally and you've got something else to look forward to yeah for sure that's the key with with
0: and i mean we've all had that that. you know i'm i'm i I work sort of you know uh we, we we work in sort of similar i guess industries you know we've all been to those networking evenings and those like pub nights with other people in your industry yeah. and you know yeah. what are you up to at the moment and uh yeah it's like well i you kind of to say oh i've got this coming up you know yeah and i've got this coming up uh, or i've just done this and i'm finishing it off i'm editing it or or whatever you know um that's like a really good place to be isn't it and you can make those things happen on your own can't yeah. you you know you just literally book them in yeah you say you know whatever it is you want to do i i'm i'm gonna go perform in my mate's you know show i'm gonna go help my you know just i'm not getting paid for it but you know i'm 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 giving it a go and i'm i'm keeping busy and i think that that's like that's quite an important thing to 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 keep you you know sane i suppose definitely Um, i
1: completely agree yeah having something that you are creatively fulfilled with yeah the, the money side of things it, obviously you need to make a certain amount of money to live um but outside of that the things that really nourish you are that's why like improv comedy or stand-up you can do it any night of the week if you really want um podcasts with friends uh, whatever it is writing every morning things like that um that they keep you creatively sustained i think And are very important to the to the creative's journey <laughs>
0: <laughs> excellent uh okay right i think we should finish up because that's been brilliant. oh yeah
1: well we have one one yes. last
0: so this is second. the um do a bit of work for us yeah feature that we end uh all our podcasts with yeah and Brendan Murphy you are an actor I am an actor and um what are you going to do for us
1: well I thought I would uh give you a uh I thought I'd just read something to you I'd do a bit of voice acting we're in a recording studio we were talking earlier before we started recording
0: lovely about... wave studios the uh, quick drop for oh, yeah. uh my mate Simon Carroll who uh very kindly uh, got us into this uh beautifully quiet and very, very calm and serene uh, recording studio.
1: I absolutely lo- uh, I love um,
0: voice acting. Yeah, you do You do a bit of voiceover, right? I do a bit
1: of voiceover um, whenever I can. I've got a fantastic voice agent, although they haven't called
0: recently.
1: You <laughs> should probably send them an email. Um, but I just love coming in and see it. So I thought I'd just read something. And I've been reading... Um, how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie ah um, because i'm a- attempting to maybe
0: the enchant... film was with uh simon Pegg. is that right well they did how to lose friends ah. and alienate people oh i see which was a toby young um sort of, yeah
1: type thing um but this is an ye olde worldy so dale carnegie who's mm-hmm. like this steel magnate um he wrote this self-help book. And anyway, I, I, I sort of thought I'd just give you a little bit. Lovely. Of... Yeah. It's gonna... not necessarily going to be funny or impressive, but no. it'll be interesting to me. Just read, read a little little page or something. Yeah. You okay go for it. Um, on May 7th, 1931, the most sensational manhunt New York city had ever known had come to its climax. After weeks of search 2 gun Crowley, the killer, The gunman who didn't smoke or drink was at bay, trapped in his sweetheart's apartment on West End Avenue. 150 policemen and detectives laid siege to his top floor hideaway. They chopped holes in the roof. They tried to smoke out Crowley, the cop killer, with tear gas. And they mounted their machine guns on surrounding buildings. And for more than an hour, one of New York's fine residential areas reverberated with the crack of pistol fire and the rat a of machine guns. Crowley, crouching behind an overstuffed chair, fired incessantly at police. Ten thousand excited people watched the battle. Nothing like it had been seen before on the sidewalks of New York.
0: Very no- Oh, there you go, on. that's it. Yeah,
1: you are. Oh, well, a clap, a clap. <laughs> I mean... I could have spent more time picking uh, a, a, a more in- interesting and funny. Oh, it's
0: lovely. That's great. I loved your take on it. Brendan Murphy, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. So there we go. Brendan Murphy. Uh, please see a link in the description for Brendan's show, Buffy Revamped, uh, where you can buy tickets to the show. And, and I'm led to believe is, is absolutely brilliant. And I can't wait to see it myself. Also, i put a link in there to Brendan's website where you can check out some of his other projects. And uh, watch this space for the Good Job podcast. I've got a few more episodes lined up and I'm really excited to see what happens with it. If you made it all the way to the end of the episode, to here, at this point, you and I, we've made it. Thank you. Episode one done. And so, uh, in the style of Brendan Murphy, I think it's only fitting to play out this episode with a little bit of applause. Uh, I uh, agree. Thank you, thank you